0: too often drawn with the horrors of the Nazi era. Germans will, if pushed, point out that it was a catastrophe first and finally for the Germans themselves. Germans, notably German Jews and socialists, were Hitler's first victims, and German civilians in the end saw their cities reduced to rubble and old men, women and children burned alive in firestorms. They also know that in that brief 12-year period, Germans started the war that all but ruined their own country, committed atrocities, and attempted genocide. It is not easy being a German. The modern world tends to forget that for most of history there was no such thing as a country called Germany. The word, if used at all, referred to the geographical area of much of Central Europe, just as Iberia referred to a geographical area of Southwest Europe, or indeed, Italy referred to a peninsula occupied by half a dozen states. The best analogy today is Scandinavia. German referred primarily to the language and, by extension, to those who spoke it, whether their loyalties were owed to the Austrian emperor, king of Bohemia, duke of Saxony, elector of Brandenburg, or any other of the myriad princelings, archbishops, and other nobles, whose lands spread like an unfinished jigsaw across the map of Central Europe, which they knew as Mittele Europa. Both Italians and Germans spoke many different dialects, any of which could have evolved into a separate language and with it a different nationality, as Dutch did. We will look at how attempts to reimpose some form of order on the fractured society of what used to be called the Dark Ages, but is now referred to as Late Antiquity, were focused on some form of recreation of the Pax Romana. We will see how the ghost of Rome and its ancient rulers has haunted European history from the decline of the empire in the third to fourth centuries to the French Revolution and the empire of Napoleon, which in itself was a new evocation of the Roman ideal, how the imperial concept drifted north of the Alps after the fall of Rome, and the complex relationship between states and religions, emperors and popes. Above all, We shall see how the Germans' position in the heart of Europe, and the fact that they have, despite war and plague, been the most numerous linguistic group, have meant their borders have for much of history been fluid. Three of the cities on which I base this history are no longer part of what is today called Germany, but they have all been German cities. The borders of what we have called Germany since 1871 have changed no fewer than half a dozen times. The map, And the country, we know today, date no further back than the 4th of October 1990. The format may feel strange at first, because this is not a traditional linear history, not least because the history of the Germans in Europe has been anything but linear. For centuries there was no one nation, no one capital. The traditional linear history usually has more to do with the present than the past. It comes with an element of inevitability – as if the reader should take for granted that all of history was a clear and simple lead-up to the present day. This is the sort of history favoured by former British Prime Minister David Cameron and his one-time Education Minister Michael Gove, both of whom thought schoolchildren should be taught our island story, as if the forging of the United Kingdom was a glorious and inevitable process, instead of a story of conquest, rebellion, forced union, secession And currently, uneasy compromise. The reality of history, as we should acknowledge in the age of fake news and alternative facts, is that it is always a fiction of sorts, a story told by an author called a historian, trying to make sense of a past comprised of a vast array of possibilities, choices, conflicts, and most frequently of all, accidents. Good examples of the last are the fall of the Berlin Wall and the UK's decision to leave the European Union neither of which was intended by those who set in motion the events that led to them. This personal history begins, as it should, in Berlin, where I first arrived as a young journalist in 1981, and the complexities of the German situation and German history truly began to make their mark on me. It then moves to where Germany ends, and where to some extent it began, on its former far northeastern border, the Russian city of Kaliningrad, once the King's Rock, where the Teutonic knights of the 13th century began to carve out an empire. It then goes to perhaps Germany's best-known city, Toytown.